Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I inspire you to take action with stillness, let go of chaos, and step into your future self on this podcast. We have special, high-performing guests each week who share mindset tips and their spirituality, helping us all prepare to be the best we can be Hey guys, welcome back to a journal cast. Now, here's the thing. I know the Friday Wealth Consciousness episodes are more or less journal casts. They are solo casts, but they're not always going to be. So I would not be surprised if I have someone come on to talk about wealth consciousness with me. So um, I want to keep the journal cast, the journal cast and the wealth consciousness episodes if and when they drop on Fridays. I got more texts about that episode than ever before. You guys are clearly loving it. Um, So I hope that you loved Wealth Consciousness number two. Keep me posted on um, your takeaways from that. Today we're going to talk about a pretty juicy topic of giving away your power. And I don't know. The title really bothered me. Um, It just seemed like this very like lofty thing and I but I want to break it down into a way that I think is really applicable so uh, this came up for me last week because of some consultations that I did with clients and um, another term for like kind of giving your power away uh, is victimhood and being the victim in the story so like even if it's something really beautiful like um everyone relies on me and I don't like I someone said to me I don't have the luxury of not having people rely on me and but even though it's nice to be counted on and it you know it might be nice to have family around you that needs you um this person's uh perspective on it was was very much like a victim mentality and by having that victim mentality or that victimhood persona Uh, You're giving your power away, which is why I didn't want to just call this episode victimhood because um, there's more to it. There's so many ways that we give our power away. And what I've been talking about with my clients this week is this idea of being in a snow globe and how in a snow globe, it's kind of like your own little bubble. And in your bubble, the snow can fall perfectly uh if it if it's shaken up uh there can be a storm on the inside right so we can all we all know what that what that feels like um but we can also have this really really calm peace and nobody can come inside it and if we let someone pierce a hole in it then our energy is is zapped out through those holes but what we have to do is protect ourselves um in that bubble and imagine that nothing can kind of get in there. So uh, it'll make more sense later. But um, the first easy way that we give away our power, that we give away um, ourselves, and we uh, another way to say it is we disconnect from our true self. And our true self is infinite, limitless potential, uh, which is amazing. But when we disconnect from that, we don't we aren't able to tap into that. So an easy way, something I've been working on is personally, is mindless media. So um, for those of you who know me very well, you know that I do uh, 
dabble in The Bachelor. I watch it. Um, I don't always watch it when it's on, but sometimes I'll watch it right before bed or whatever. And my the allure of it before was um, just the fairy tale, right? The idea that a fairy tale might be real. And as we know so many times um, with that show, it doesn't really ever end up in the fairy tale. Well, it has a few times, but like 70% of the time it doesn't. And um, that mirrors back to a lot of us the sad story we tell ourselves that fairy tales aren't real. And I am the person who literally wrote about Prince Charming. So um, I don't like when it doesn't end well, but I also, and I don't like the drama, but yet I'm like, why am I still mindlessly going through that? Whereas if I read a book before bed, I'm connecting to myself and I'm learning about how I think and how I think determines how I feel and um, I glean insight from things. So it's not to say that you couldn't take a certain message away from The Bachelor because I just gave an example of like how I've contemplated the show before. Um, but it's not always the best decision for our mental health to scroll Instagram or um, give our power away to a TV show that embodies drama or fighting or victimhood or um, feeling helpless and things like that. So um, just like we talked about this idea of health consciousness and, and and how it parallels wealth consciousness, like use that as your media consciousness. Like what are you consuming? What is What are your eyes seeing that's going into your brain and affecting how you feel and think and, and act really in this world? Um, so the second way that we give our power away is going back to that uh, concept of victimhood. Like, I'm the victim because my boss fired me. I'm the victim because I don't make enough money or not enough people like me. And turning it around in a way that like, like, trust me, we have all had moments in our life when we feel helpless. I think we can all take a second and just remember a time when we truly felt alone or like just unsure uh, and we wanted somebody to come save us uh, but the best way that anyone can save anyone is by challenging their own thoughts about the way they see the world so why not why not try to learn how to challenge our own thoughts right so um Sometimes in this book I'm reading, it talks about incisive questions and taking away the limiting assumption. So like, let's say that somebody says to me, um, I'm not going to go to the party because, you know, uh, nobody likes me there and I don't really want to subject myself to this room of people that, you know, they're just not going to be nice to me. But the follow-up question there that you could ask yourself or if I was having a conversation with this person, I would ask is, how would your day or night look different? Like, would you go to the party if you knew that everyone there was like obsessed with you? How, how would you feel? And, and the thing about what other people think is we will never know. We will never know what other people think. Um, and so that kind of changes the, flips the script to say, well, okay. So it's like, um, for instance, I was talking to someone uh, client actually about investing, uh, getting investors and, um, his scarcity mindset led him to think to himself that 
if he approached some people that he kind of already knew, not like cold investors, like people he's worked with in other capacities before that were mega wealthy, that they would think that he was just out to get them and that they know then the, the narrative continued and you know no one would ever want to work with him again because he's just out to get their money and and then he'd have not have a job and then he, he wouldn't have any money and it was this kind of long narrative that we we all do all the time uh, out of fear and scarcity and I said well what if you knew that they wanted to give you money like they literally were waiting for an opportunity to invest in something. They're already investing money in you if, if you're working with them in a different capacity. How would you approach the conversation about investing in your business? And he's like, oh my God, I'd be all over it. I'd be so excited. I said, well, then why can't you believe in yourself? And, and, and where, can we, where can we shine light on your actual project so you get that amped about it and believe in it no matter who you're talking to because they could be ready to give their money away or not but that doesn't mean that if they don't that they don't like you so there's a whole slew of things we can unpack there um, but part of um, giving your power away comes through this idea that something's wrong with you inherently or wrong with the action that you're taking or someone's doing something to you um, but going back to the snow globe, you are in control of what goes on inside your own little snow globe. Um, and if someone shakes it up, eventually the snow is going to fall down, right? And so you can peacefully wait it out. You can enjoy the snow falling and you can sit with the energy that is inside the globe and how different it is. That doesn't mean it's right or wrong, um, when someone says something that affects you, you can choose to contemplate it, notice it, enjoy the storm, or you can, you know, let it take you down a spiral of all the things that are wrong. Um, but again, the answer here that we're kind of looking for is to own your power is to challenge your own thoughts and say, well, what if I, okay, let's just play devil's advocate. What if I am being a victim here? How can I not be the victim? And then you have your power back because you are not giving it away to the boss, to the friend, to the situation. Um, and this actually trickles into the scarcity mindset. So scarcity mindset is basically feeling like there's not enough to go around. <laughs> um, not enough um, money to go around. There's only one coveted role like it and you know I'm not good enough for it or there's not enough of it to go around and 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 you're looking through kind of you're looking at the world kind of with the glass um, half empty versus glass half full so the scarcity mindset what's interesting is it can apply to money it can apply to dating it can apply to time and one easy way um, oh well I kind of already did this in the wealth consciousness so I'm going to do it a little bit differently um, I'll just give you, give you an example of and a, another client that I was working with and um, I asked her I said um, is there anything that ever impacted you with money whether it was your first memory of money or a time you know let's call it under the age of 25 that really just impacted the way you think about money and she said well I graduated college during the financial crisis and you know explained her whole story with that and how you know just 
all that it was. And it was a stressful time. And that really impacted the way that she thought about money and there not being enough. And then I said, what do you think about wealthy people? What's your, um, she works with some high net worth individuals. And I said, what do you, what are they, what are, what are they? What do you, how do you see them? How do you see wealthy people? And she said, well, I'll think about this one client for a second. Um, he's a good example. And I guess the way I see wealthy people, if I'm using him, is really busy and never not working and always rushed and um, constantly, whether it's at a family vacation or not, on their phone, checking emails, doing that. And I said, what is that? What, 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 do, you, what do you think that is? It's like, oh, well, man, I mean, more money. There's just not enough time. And I said, interesting. So your your perspective on your self and money is that your biggest kind of transformative experience in your formative years was that there wasn't enough to go around during the financial crisis. And now the way you see wealthy people is that they don't have enough time. That is like scarcity, 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 right? So then the question becomes, how do we how do we tweak that? And obviously that's the bulk of the work that I do. But when you are in the scarcity mindset, it's kind of to me, it's like it's like a, someone's gripping onto your shirt and pulling you back. Like debt, um, like bills overhanging, <clears throat> every, it's just pulling you back, pulling you back, pulling you down. And that is going to make it real hard to move, right? So you feel stuck. So you're giving your power away to the bills, to the debt, or to the lack of time. And so it becomes, it, it, becomes even more easy, in my opinion, to see how crucial it really is to shift your mindset into abundance because then you can move freely about the world and you can do that even if you have debt. You can do that even if you have bills. And we get into more of that type of money scarcity stuff on wealth consciousness episodes that have happened and that will be happening. Um, so dig into those. But real quick, let's do the exercise. Like w this is a journal cast, so let's do it. Um, what is your first mem memory of money or what was one of the standout moments to you about money growing up? Take a second. If you're driving, if you're running, just kind of meditate on it. Think about it. Whether you were in kindergarten or you were 17 or you had to buy your own car. Um, and then tell yourself, okay, what, or ask yourself, what do I think of wealthy people? Who are wealthy people? What are they like? And then ask yourself, what is your current money conundrum? So is your current situation that you're really, really trying to save and you don't feel like you'll ever have enough? Is it that you are, um, wow, this is really going wealth consciousness. Um, is it that you feel like the only way is to work more hours? Um, you know, what is that? And then see if you can draw any parallels between um, your past memories, your current memories, things like that. So what's interesting is um, hopefully you found some parallels there. Like for one client, I'll give another example. She is a high earner. She has a great job. She works really hard. Um, but her first memory of money was like, I have to earn it. I have to earn it. I have to earn it. 
um, nothing's given to you. You got to work hard. I went work hard, work hard, work hard, which if you looked at my Instagram, that was actually my lowest liked Instagram of my entire life, but I don't care because I stand behind the message. I actually wrote a post on like, what is hard work last Monday? So go back and read that. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, but anyway, she was like, hard work, hard work, hard work. I have to earn it. This, this like undertone of earning was just, it felt so strong and um, like an undercurrent in the ocean. And um, so we started talking about dating. We started talking about friendships. We started talking about her work life and you know we're going through mindset coaching so all of this is obviously connected everything's coming up and um this idea of having to earn it what do you think that means like to me it kind of means that if you have to earn it right that means you have to become something or do something in order to have value which means you don't think that you have inherent value. So it's all about building up your own inherent value <laughs> um, instead of feeling like, you know, real easy examples like once I'm skinny, I will be liked. Once I lose the weight, I'll get asked out on dates, things like that. Um, and so by saying, depending on your money mindset, you could be giving away a lot of your power um, so keep that in mind when you are abundant and you are sitting in that you know infinite possibilities um, vibe you have the power to do whatever you want you are limitless I mean we all are it's just that we tell ourselves all these stories right to like keep ourselves where we um, not only feel comfortable ourselves but where society expects us to be which oh gosh I should do a whole podcast on expectations but for another day um actually no let's make that one you give your power away by setting expectations because if you expect yourself to do xyz um then maybe you'll only do that when you could have done more maybe you will let that expectation hold the power and then kind of shit on yourself if you don't hit it right <laughs> we also pigeonhole ourselves into one specific outcome when there are infinite beautiful outcomes therefore setting expectations will impact um, how much power you hold for yourself um, so okay here's the big one the big one if you are still listening I hope you are as mind blown as I was when I read this. So I'm reading a book called Time to Think. It was a recommendation from my coach and I'm loving it. But the topic of codependence came up. And to be honest, I haven't finished the book. And so I need to like sit down and think about why the topic is even in the book and really, um, really sit with it's um, it's kind of relevancy for being in here, but to me it kind of seemed like this random tangent that she went on, but it it made a ton of sense for me and something I'm going through in my life right now with a person. Um, but so I'm gonna read this to you, like I'm just reading to like a kindergarten class because I actually love story time, and I feel like actually we might have done it all the way till third grade where I you know, was raised. But anyway, I'm going to read it to you because it was really interesting to me. And um, 
it goes in line with this because people who are codependent are kind of the epitome of giving your power away. They give all their power away. But I did not realize that. So I'm just going to read this to you. And I read it to Jeff and he was actually really, he thought it was really insightful too. So there are 50 gazillion books and tapes out now about codependence. But just in case you have not come across the term, codependence is an addiction to pleasing people, which I was like, what? I So I thought that codependence was like a couple. I had heard the word codependent describing couples. And I thought, oh, yeah, that couple's totally codependent. Um, they're not whole without the other person. Like the guy would never take a trip by himself. The girl would be like unsure of what to do if she was like home alone for dinner. Like they don't have their own friends. They're just so codependent on their own happiness. But this says codependence is an addiction to pleasing people. The term was coined in the field of the 12-step program for addiction recovery to describe the person in the addict's life who is scared to lose the addict's love that they don't dare challenge the person's addiction. For example, the person who is addicted to an alcoholic will say, when the alcoholic is out cold on the floor every night, oh, that's just Jamie for you, always exhausted after a hard day's work. And for the fear of making Jamie angry or risking losing the relationship, the codependent person will not require Jamie, the alcoholic, to change the behavior. In that sense, the codependent is inside the addiction with Jamie, thus codependent. So I thought that was interesting, but here's where it gets real interesting. Codependents are everywhere, not just in the lives of active addicts. You are codependent if you feel you are dying literally if someone is mad at you. So the person you're codependent with, the second they don't respond to your text, you're like up in arms like, did I do something wrong? Or are you mad at me? Uh, what, what's going on? Um, you feel joy only when the other person is happy and you are sad if they feel sad. You're kind of intertwining your emotions with theirs and unable to tap into your own. You ask them what they think in order to know what you think. Now here's a quick segue or side note. If you listen to my podcast with Erin Claire Jones, the human design expert, people who have undefined centers, which means the centers of their chakras are open and therefore colorless, they're white, those people with lots of open centers are unable to always know what their own grounding mechanism is. Like they are very, it's easy to take on other people's energy other people's thoughts, other people's identities. And so there's a lot of wisdom in her work there. If you do your human design chart and you're like, wow, I have a lot of white open spaces. I'm thinking, I'm drawing a potential theory here that like somebody who has a lot of open undefined centers could be more easily codependent. Um, that's just an aside of something that I've learned this year. Don't know if it's necessarily true. Um, here's the big next one. You lie as the codependent to keep them pleased with you. You do not know that you exist apart from them. You exist in a pool of anxiety when you haven't heard from them. You are most happy obeying and most comfortable thinking and most uncomfortable thinking for yourself. The total identification with other people is established early in life. It can attach to any situation like the addict's life is not the only one 
Codependence is rampant in any structure requiring obedience or conformity, like a Catholic school or a church with lots of dogmatic practices. And that can also take place in families, hospitals, government, corporate life, and the military, to name a few. So then it says, I underline this, addiction to authority sets people up to both be an addict to codependence and it's not to be, oh, sorry, addiction to authority sets people up to be both addict and codependent, not an unusual combination. Thus, the codependent person coming from whatever background or experience can make a good listener because they are most comfortable giving, but they do not make their best thinker. If you are codependent, you want people to want you. They are people pleasers. So, really interesting to me um, because I've experienced what that just described with other people. And I've also experienced myself falling into it before. Like, I would say in early friendships in junior high and with teachers in my life, um, I would say that by that book's definition, I was 100% a codependent person in certain spheres in cheerleading, in school, and with certain friends, for sure. I think it's really, really normal for teens especially to go through that. And as an adult, I've gone through it with a couple friends, and um, it's really hard, um, especially for me, like the, the dishonesty part, um, because I feel like I'm on a stage, like open book. Um, but what I'm knowing, what I'm learning, and why I'm doing this podcast now is that um, – when I read that, I obviously, like I just said, was like mind blown. I'm like, wow, my definition of codependence was so limited is that it really shows that it's that that person who is in this codependent, whatever degree of codependency they're experiencing, um, is giving their power away. And that I think the bigger question um, for all of us with all of these examples of how we might be giving our power away has a lot to do with why are we scared to wield our power, to hold it, to sit in it, to um, be responsible for it. Is it because ultimately if we had that, we'd, we'd, if we had our own power, we'd take action and then we'd um, be scared of failing? <laughs> Is it the fear of failure? Is it not knowing who we really are? Um, I think the other journal casts, I, I'm like kind of swirling them all together in my head right now, but several of them talk about ways in which we can really tune in to figure out who we are. Like it is not an easy question to answer at all. Um, and Brennan, Brennan was probably one of the most interesting guests I've ever had because, I mean, you can hear him thinking and and, and really un trying to grasp who he is just in the podcast. And he actually texted me after and said, hey, like, I grew during that interview. And the fact that he can be so aware of who he is enough to know he needs to keep growing like we all do was like, whoa, this is mind-blowingly awesome um, because that's the thing. We don't have to put a cap on who we are or how well we know ourselves. We can always know ourselves more. Um, 
and 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 wake up one day and be like who the heck am I why am I here um and so my coach is um I I past tense our work now is over but I will always call her my coach because (laughs) because she was just amazing but she has introduced me to other amazing coaches and people in this sphere and um, I then like I like look at who she tags on Instagram and then I'll go like find a podcast with them and anyway this one woman I am now spacing her name but um, I did tag her on a podcast so I'm pulling up my Instagram because I know I can find it Diana Chapman it might be Dr. Diana Chapman I'm not sure but she talked about peekaboo and she's like our life and our knowings of ourselves is like peekaboo. Like some days we're like, yes, I am the VP of this company and I do this and I'm a mom or I'm a dad. I'm a friend. I live in Boston. You know, I am this, this, this and that and the other. I love to ski. I whatever. And then some days you're just like, but who am I really? Like, who am I? And for me, when I've had those moments, sometimes it comes back to like um, surface, like it gives me anxiety, to be honest with you. Like you're like, why do I not feel connected to myself? Why am I not associating with this human body I'm seeing? Like it was super like anxiety packed for me. And what I had to take a step back and in, in recognize in those moments is the first check-in that I do in order to get my power back and connect to myself is I ask myself, what has my diet been like for the last 24 hours? So example, um, and I will, I don't know who said this first. I'm sure many people have said it. Um, I think I saw it on like Stacey Shadler's Instagram. She was quoting someone else was just like drinking alcohol when you already have any type of anxiety or stress is like putting gasoline on a fire. And so the first question is when I say, what have I put into my body in the last 24 hours is like, have I had alcohol? Second is, have I slept enough? The third is, how much coffee did I have? And then the fourth is, um, have I had any vegetables and or like just nutrients in my body? And that right there will usually get me to be like, oh, that's why I'm feeling funny. I can get it together by having water and resting and meditating and whatever, right? Um, but other times, it's not that easy and it's more like, what can I do to connect to myself? So for me, writing helps me. Podcasting helps me. Having coffee with a friend helps me. Um, and meditating helps me. Um, and that, that those are ways in which I connect to myself that I've learned over time. I think I've shared this on the podcast um, many times, but I had this weird thing start happening where in 2019 in season one, where I would be talking to someone and just having like a really deep, deeply connected episode recording where I'm just loving what they're saying, I'm vibing with their energy, I'm falling in love with their story and you know, we'd hang up and I'd just start bawling, bawling and bawling and uh, it's just like in gratitude, in awe of like who they are and that story and the connection and the pure like awesomeness that we were even connected. And um, my coach, Christine, who will be on this podcast eventually, um, was saying that it could be 
that, I was just connecting to myself. And um, on another podcast I listened to, Caleb and Kara's podcast, I think it's called like The Questions We Ask Ourselves, um, they were saying that um, they there's an, an ad, I think, on their podcast for this dinner where you show up to 40 strangers in L.A. And the goal is really not to like, make 40 new friends like oh yeah like I'm gonna show up to this dinner with a bunch of strangers and just like make friends real quick like for sure I'm uh, you'll make friends but the whole point is to see like who am I showing up as like when I meet strangers what do I tell them about myself like who am I in this world and when they said that you guys something totally clicked like I had a switch during dating where I felt like I was taking my power back and I couldn't understand why. Sometimes I was like, oh, maybe it's because I'm just like really setting my boundaries. I'm not like hooking up with the guys anymore. Like I'm really setting myself up to call in like a husband type person. Um, But like the switch happened in kind of what I would say was like the middle of my dating experience. And it was not when I met Jeff. It wasn't like I, I took my power back and met Jeff. And I always just knew like, oh, yeah, I, I took my power back and I set boundaries. But it wasn't until I heard that kind of ad that they did on their podcast that I realized. I took my power back because the, the dating, the 55 dates I did were like reps, reps of showing up as myself. It was like, who am I going to be? Who am I? What do I do for fun? What is my life? You know, I have to be able to communicate what my life is to somebody. And is that by way of telling about my family? Is it by way of talking about, you know, the book I'm writing? Like, what is it? And I need them to know the most full version of me because I want them to, I kind of want to know if they accept it or not real early. And it was super interesting to think of it that way that dating for me was connecting to myself not necessarily other people ultimately it connected me to Jeff um and I told him on our first date that I was writing the book and that there was a sex scene with an ex and that my exes were part of it and you know I I told him that up front because I I knew that I would never date someone who was going to try to tell me I could or couldn't write a book or whatever So taking your power back is connecting to yourself. That's my conclusion. (laughs) Um, And I think when we give our power away, going back to our very first example of like mindless media, we're either disconnecting from ourself and or trying to play the victim, (laughs) victimhood, to say that someone else has more power. And if they have more and we have less, then that is us falling into the scarcity mindset. And if we have the scarcity mindset, which means there's not enough and I'm not good enough and who am I, then it's quite easy to be codependent to someone that we think has it all. Someone who has the great job and fiance or the travel the world lifestyle and the cool car or whatever and we want to code we want to attach to their identity 
because we've detached from ourselves. Self? <laughs> um, wow, I wish you could see this picture. Um, my notes literally have just scribbles for this whole episode, and I looked at the time, and I'm seeing that it's 36 minutes in, and I'm asking myself, wow, I think I just channeled a lot of that. Did I? I don't know. Um, because, yeah, I literally just have the bullet points of mindless media, choose health consciousness, victimhood, people rely on me, scarcity mindset, access your resourcefulness, codependence, giving away your power. Wow. I hope that this impacts you. And I hope that this just offers you a mindset so that if you feel helpless or you feel stuck, you can ask the question, um, am I giving my power away? And if you feel like you might be, ask yourself, am I disconnecting from myself? Am I watching too much mindless media? Am I not doing things that help me connect to myself, like playing or reading or writing? Um, am I codependent? <laughs> I think all of us have codependent tendencies. Am is the scarcity mindset interweaving its way through everything that I do? I don't know. Man, it's heavy stuff. guess that's why there's always maybe a job for me <laughs> um, with mindset coaching. But anyway, this might be my favorite general cast to date because it seems so relevant or perhaps I'm feeling it most deeply because these are all the themes that I have been contemplating over the past week. Um, and I'm recording this on Tuesday, you're hearing it on Sunday. So when I say the past week, I really mean like from end of February till March 3rd. Um, and as you listen or as this drops, I am in my favorite place in the world, which is where I always connect to myself and, um, a long time ago when I started working with my coach I forget what the question prompt was but I ended up writing something to the effect of I love going to snowmass because it's the place where I remember all the times I found myself um, and so my challenge to myself is to notice how, why, what, where, like what the feeling is of me connecting to myself when I'm out there and think about how I might be able to bottle that up <laughs> um, and bring it back or apply it when I'm not there um, because I definitely feel that. So I hope this was helpful for you today. I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. If you're interested in mindset coaching and you want to do it in the group format, the mastermind is still taking applications. So please apply. There is a link in the show notes and I hope you guys are fully equipped and feeling confident about taking your power back. I wish you all the best and as always, dare to move. <laughs>